Hey, it's me, Cameron. I know uh, usually at this point you'd be listening to some uh, really happy intro music, and you will, don't worry, uh, soon. I just wanted to jump on really quick and apologize. For this week's episode, I didn't mic it properly, so the levels are a bit wonky. I sound like, you know, a cackling robot in the background. You know, it's not bad. It was a great conversation. We had a lot of fun, but I just wanted to apologize that the sound quality isn't quite as good as we like it to be, so I apologize for that, but I, I, you know, I hope you still have fun. Thank you, and we always appreciate you listening. So hit it. Happy royalty-free music. Okay. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Magnum She Wrote. My name is Aaron. Who are you? My name is Cameron. Okay, that was dorky. I feel like I've angered you because this is our second attempt. Yes, this this is our second attempt. I thought I had some good jokes in the first one, and now I can't repeat them because you can never tell a good joke twice. Yeah. Well, don't worry. They weren't that good. Oh, they were great. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. All right. So today we're talking about Murder, She Wrote, Episode 9. Hooray. Well, no, our Episode 9. Yeah. Her Episode, like... Five. Five or something, I think it's five. And it's Hooray for Homicide. Hooray for Homicide, which IMDb describes as... Jessica protests when her when my voice cracks. You okay? Oh my god, you're going through puberty? <laughs> Jessica protests when her book is turned into a tacky B-grade horror movie and later winds up on the suspect list when the producer is murdered. Well, they just gave away who's going to get killed. But not like it wasn't obvious. Everybody hated the guy. A- again. I mean, okay. <laughs> this we... is why people are killed. If you hate somebody, you kill them, apparently. This is actually the fourth episode of Murder, She mm-hmm. Wrote. Of the four episodes, oh, geez. What? I think all of them have basically have been the murder of someone where everyone was like, well, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it's all of us. We're all suspects because we hated him. Yeah. Like, I think every <laughs> single one. Maybe not Deadly Lady. I don't remember. Well, not really the murder of Sherlock Holmes because the captain wasn't killed in that one. It no, was that the was the one. Detective. Th- that was the one where they specifically said, like, Captain uh, Geach yeah. died, and like they were like, yeah, they all wanted him dead. Yeah, but he didn't actually die. Oh, it's true. Yeah. Well, still, that's Have same... you forgotten those <laughs> episodes <laughs> already? It was so long ago. All right, let's move to it. <laughs> okay, so anyway, the, the episode starts mm-hmm. in Cabot Cove. When I was like kind of like trying to recap the episode in my brain mm-hmm. before sitting down to do this, I was like, oh, my God, this episode did start off in Cabot Cove. Yeah, it, it feels did. like like This is like a journey. It was great. We got to see Ethan again, and I love the starting of the the dummy in the rocking chair. Yeah, there's like... But what I wanted to know was, how did she make the rocking chair rock? It was a dummy sitting in the rocking chair. I, how is it rocking? I know, and they show her sneaking up behind the dummy. Yeah. Her, both About her, to, like... She's... Uh, Garrett? Is that how you say that? Well, Garrett would be to actually, like, cut his neck. I would say strangle. Strangle him. She's yeah. like, she's trying something out for, like, a book. Garrett's a wire. She had a rope, so it'd be strangle. God, the fact that you know that is really <laughs> scary. <laughs> no, I played that Godfather video game years ago, and I always oh, yeah. had a Garrett. that video game. <laughs> <laughs> but... My connections to the mafia mean nothing to this podcast, honey. <laughs> nothing. Don't even think they relate. <laughs> Not at all. You just put that thought I out of your mind. Terrified now. But anyway, um, she like she like strangles this like dummy. So she put a lot of effort into this, right? right. She, she's writing and she's like wants to figure out how she wants to kill a character. So she builds a dummy, mm-hmm. like a little scarecrow kind of. And it looked dummy. great. I would have loved to put it in our yard for Halloween because that thing was creepy. Looking. I put it in our yard now to scare away the birds from <laughs> eating our blueberries. They're not scared of people. Yeah, no, 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 our birds. They're going to eat all of our blueberries regardless. We've had two. <laughs> two blueberries <laughs> in our huge blueberry bush. Two. Two. Stupid birds. They're all... And I've even put out suet to like distract them, but no, they want our blueberries. Would you? I mean, that's essentially giving them like wheat thins <laughs> over like potato chips. You know which well, one? Well, I go like for? wheat thins. Yeah, you're a special case. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, anyway, so she's. So she goes and she strangles this dummy. She's like, no, 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 I don't like that. Mm-hmm. So she goes back into the kitchen where she's writing. And Ethan, 
her friend Ethan, mm-hmm. whom we haven't seen since Deadly Lady. That's right. Deadly Lady was about the cosmetics guy who was a hobo, yeah. And, yeah. and they all wanted him dead, too. Yeah, everybody wants people everybody, dead. Everybody, well, that's why you murder somebody. You murder I, them because you want them well, dead. Well, I guess, I guess if you want, like, a murder <laughs> show that has more, more than one suspect, <laughs> pretty much everybody has to want that person dead. Yes. So, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it would be a really crappy show where, like, the, the guy dies. Well, who hated him? Oh, only this guy. Oh, Everybody Billy. else loved him. Oh, Billy freaking Billy hated it. it. Couldn't stand him. You got me, guys. <laughs> yeah, that would be <laughs> the end. And then it's just the rest of her, like, building, like, yeah. dummies <laughs> to murder in different ways. <laughs> and I don't know. We're not even going to get too much into the... <laughs> Her book. Um, but anyway, she goes into the kitchen. She starts typing her book. She's like, I got a better way to kill this guy. Ethan's making a ton of noise. And she asks Ethan to shut up. He's like, you're not disturbing me. Yeah. But I'm like, she's got a typewriter. She can move that anywhere. Why? What are the well, benefits well, of a, writing in the kitchen? A, it's her kitchen. Right. B, it's her typewriter. C, it's her house. She doesn't have to move. What I want to know is, why are those pipes making so much noise? Well, let me, we have installed a sink, and wanna, it was not that loud. I want to rebut your points, but I don't remember which point was which. Okay, but basically, so one, uh-huh. it's her kitchen. The drain is in the kitchen. Two, it's her typewriter. It's her sink that he's fixing. Three, it's her house. I guess she doesn't want a drain that works. <laughs> Too bad the deadly lady guy died. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I guess he was a very handy man. So, I mean, like, I get her point. She's trying to write and everything, but it's like... The only place he can work on it is here. She could. Yeah, but why move. is it so loud? Because he's a crappy handyman. <laughs> he's terrible. <laughs> but so she gets a call. He keeps clanking away over there. Yeah. Uh, this person named Agnes, who I I don't know who Agnes. She was, was definitely not in the pilot. Yeah, I was wondering if it was no. one of the two women. Miss Huey. No. Miss Huey. Mm. But, but I, I like, don't know why I remember that name. I was trying to remember what the name. What a lame detail to remember. Here I am struggling just like basic <laughs> plot points from four episodes ago. And you're like, Miss Huey, born in Connecticut. <laughs> no, Massachusetts. Mas- Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> so she has this call from Agnes who says, you know, turn on the TV. They're talking about you mm-hmm. on TV right now. Right now. Like, right now. Like, as we're talking right now. Unfortunately, it's 1984, so there's only two channels. So she like so it instantly pops up. So it instantly pops up to what she needs. It's a movie producer named Lidecker who is making a movie about one of her books. Awesome. The Corpse Danced at Midnight, which is a great title. Great title. It's a great title. Great title. And... It's much better than Something Terrible. Oh, oh, another pilot episode brings. Wow. Yeah. How's it feel? By the time we finish this podcast, I expect we will be totally different people. We will have gained so much knowledge. I shouldn't be remembering these details. <laughs> this is not helpful. What is being pushed beyond, out of my brain right now to make room for this? Beyond this sphere and like our wonderful listeners, that information will never help you. Ever. I'll be walking up to somebody in the street and be like, so the pilot episode Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> in fact, you could argue the whole reason to record this mm-hmm. is so I don't have to remember it. No. <laughs> I could just refer to the tape. Anyway. Play that back. <laughs> <laughs> episode 1, minute 2302. Something, something terrible. Anyway. So he says he's filming it because it's full of music, mm-hmm. sex, yeah. and violence. Oh, I can totally see J.B. Fletcher writing that. And describes it as a, <laughs> as a mix of Halloween, mm-hmm. Porky's, yeah. and Flashdance. Yeah, three of which I will never watch. I'm not interested. I saw Flashdance once, and I was like, this is boring. Why can't she just be a coal miner? Why does she need this guy to sponsor her? I can't get I through don't the movie. understand. I can't get through the movie, and I actually have it on my list to watch, because I'm like, right. I'm going to make it through that movie. I don't even know what happens at the end. She probably runs off with a guy. I don't know. I think she runs off with the rich guy. Yeah, which is defeats the purpose of her working hard for her money. She was a <laughs> Isn't money. that the song in that movie? I don't know. No. I don't know. I wasn't really into some of those movies from the 80s. So I guess Halloween... I was too busy learning the difference between strangulation and garrotting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I guess Halloween covers the violence, Porky's covers the sex, Flashdance covers the music. Okay. So um, she's like, well, I'm not going to have any of this because that's not what my book is about. No. So I'm going to fly off to... That's something Magnum would be aching for. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That fits right in with Magnum. Oh, that's right uh, in his wheelhouse. <laughs> that's right in his wheelhouse. Uh, so, except for maybe the music. The music in this is terrible. 
Oh, <laughs> yeah. God. So she blows off whatever she's doing, her book, her very important book that she yeah. really needed to do, flies to California because she wants to talk to someone about her contract. She's mm-hmm. like, how can they be doing this to my book? Yeah. I didn't... Completely ruining it. I mean, they're completely ruining it. Now, me, personally, mm-hmm. I will sell out <laughs> in a second. If you pay me enough... You can do whatever we want with whatever I write. I don't uh, care. That's what I do with cover <laughs> art on a daily basis. I mean, give me a credit, give me some money, whatever. Right. We're good. But she she has more integrity than <laughs> I do. Because, you know, she's an... As- she's already a bestseller, though. She's aspirational for me. Mm-hmm. I'm just a lowly drudge on this mud okay. ball. Okay. She's who I aspire to be. You, you want to be an elderly woman who solves crimes? One day, God willing. <laughs> We're going to have to have a long talk. (laughs) (laughs) So she gets there and she talks to, I guess it's like some person with her publishing company Mm -hmm. who blows her right off. He's so rude and he's making a fortune off her. Yeah. I would imagine, like, because I work with a lot of publishers, I know how much they like to kiss uh, authors' butts. Yeah. They really do because they're making money off of them. So you want to make sure these people are happy. Right. And so it's crazy to me that he just blows her off so instantly, even though she's making him a lot of money. I mean, and this is potentially her... It's bad business. The Corpse Danced at Midnight, Mm -hmm. we know canonically, is her first book. Yeah. And we know that she's written several bestsellers at this point. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like, let's not piss her off because they probably (laughs) want to do other movies. Yeah, exactly. And she's like, I just want to talk to this guy, Lidecker. He's Mm -hmm. the producer. I want to talk to him and just, like... I don't know. Like, she's not even asking for much. No. I guess she just wants to talk to him and see if they can kind of yeah. get on the same page. Yeah, because she says her reputation is attached to that title. Right, exactly. Which is a big deal. She does have her reputation exactly. to keep exactly. and maintain. Exactly. I mean, nobody is going to read her book if suddenly they think, oh, this is all just violence and sex now. Exactly. Even if they're a diehard fan. It's like, well, I don't want to read this anymore. Yeah, why would I? That doesn't sound like something I'm interested yeah. in, you know. Sort of like, you know. My hate relationship with uh, Laurel K. Hamilton now. First book started off Man, really we're great. Start that. Yeah. Cutlet and and then they and then they just like went completely sexual and violent, and I was like, I'm not into this. Right. Right. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Exactly. The first. I, five I wanted books were plot. Good. Yeah. And she gave me a lot of that. I don't mind sex and violence in there. Yeah. As, which as is a, what made those part, first few books really good. As a part of it, but when it becomes the central yeah. focus of it, then that becomes problematic. Yeah, and that was problematic. I mean, I mean, well, problematic. In a subjective sense. Like, some exactly. people love it. Obviously, yeah. she's a successful writer, yeah. so a lot of people like it. But Exactly. Not for you. Not for me. So anyway, I want more plot. He basically is like, all I'm a lawyer of is deals. Mm-hmm. You don't want a deal, I can't work with you. <laughs> yeah. So he, he is like, I'll get someone else from our company. Mm-hmm. His name is Norman. He'll come by, and he'll look at your contract, and we'll see what we can do. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime... Go check out L.A., I guess. You know, yeah. you know, we'll, don't call us. We'll call you. Mm-hmm. So she says, okay, great. So she goes directly to the studio <laughs> to, like, talk directly to Lidecker. She's having trouble getting in, and a woman in a convertible mm-hmm. <laughs> named Miss Contessa. Yes. Given no first name, I don't know if Contessa. I thought it was Maria. Maria Contessa? I don't that, know. That sounds like a TV dinner person. <laughs> Maria Contessa's <laughs> mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> what are we having for dinner tonight? Marie Contessa's manicotti. It tastes like hooves. That's great. Uh, but Miss Contessa kind of brings her in. She, she introduces herself as, fortunately enough, the costume designer mm-hmm. for the movie that she's trying to get into. And she admits right up front, yeah. she's like, it's trash. I like your books, mm-hmm. but the script is just garbage. Garbage. Like, there's nothing. Here's a script. You can look over it yourself. But mm. I agree. I think this is dumb. So, well, we even get to see a, a clip of it, and it is terrible. Yes. I don't know how that's a big hit or going to be a big hit. This is a no. 1980s. Not honey. even in the 80s. Not even I can even show, I can in show the you 80s. some stuff from the Yeah, 80s. and were they big hits? Are you calling Ghoulies not a big hit? <laughs> I don't even know what Ghoulies is. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm calling Ghoulies not a big hit. It's worth watching. All right. I don't think so. <laughs> so then we cut over to Jerry Lidecker, the producer, mm-hmm. and he's talking to his ingenue, okay. uh, uh, Eve Crystal. Yes, which is the little girl from uh, Little House on the Prairie. All grown up. All grown up. 
And she has been given the and most she unattractive. Still has, I know the grossest mullet. Mullet hair. But she still has the most beautiful eyes ever. Oh, she's a beautiful. Her woman. eyes are gorgeous. Yeah, and it's what made me recognize her instantly from Little House on the Prairie. Unfortunately, her beautiful eyes are <laughs> obscured by <laughs> the a terrible mullet. Main mullet. And hair. I love how she's like fixing the mullet yeah, in the vanity, like, being like, like the, "Look how pretty I am with my it's, mullet." It's just like part of that like tragic eighties yeah. aesthetic. Like <laughs> nothing was attractive about this. What we were doing with our hair. Yeah. yeah. Well, not me. Whatever you guys are doing <laughs> with your hair. <laughs> I have to admit, I had sort of a mullet perm when I was like four or five. It was not my doing. Yeah, I had it's bangs. Not your responsibility. And my mother decided to perm my bangs, so they stood up straight like an afro. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, <laughs> and the rest of my hair was kind of short too, so it kind of just stuck out at odd angles, and it looked like I had this weird mullet. Nice. I have pictures of it that I've never shown you because it's embarrassing. Ooh. And I was in my members only jacket. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So anyway, um And that's so why I'm cool now. <laughs> even even uh Jerry are having um issues. Uh-huh. Uh he's accusing her of cheating on him and essentially just threatens her career. It's it's very like uh, I guess like a kind of Harvey Weinsteiny kind of deal. Like yeah. they're together and her career is based on if he wants to be with yeah. her, kind of. Icky. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. You know, and he's like, if you are cheating on me, this all ends. Your career's <laughs> over. So he's a creep. Yep, totally. <laughs> uh, he leaves her trailer and he gets caught up with the, the screenwriter of this terrible movie. Mm-hmm. His name's Alan Gebhardt, which yes. is a terrible name. Alan Gebhardt, a.k.a. James MacArthur. Dano. Oh, that's Dano. That's Dano. Oh. Now, now he was older in this. Okay, well, because that's how time works. That's how time works. Because, <laughs> like, my crushes growing up were he was your crush, Steve McGarrett, Alan the lead Gebhardt? on Hawaii Five O, <laughs> and Dano. Oh, and one more, and Gilbert Blythe you, from Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> and look who you married. The perfect amalgamation of Gilbert from Anne of Green Gables and Dana. <laughs> right here. It's perfect. This is why we work. Exactly. Hey, carrots. <laughs> anyway, I think that's like a one percenter reference. I, I don't know who's going to know my Anne of Green Gables joke. Uh, anyway. Probably not. That's, that's a deep pull right that's there. That's a deep pull. <laughs> Pulling her carrot hair. <laughs> um, so... He wants a cut, like, he had a deal to get, like, a certain percentage mm-hmm. or a couple points off of the the movie. And when he got his financial statement, yeah. it was not to be found. So he's confronting Jerry mm-hmm. and saying, yo. Yeah, so clearly he doesn't like him either. Let's put him on the suspect list, too. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and We're going to have to start uh, moving right along. Right, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> Line echo. Otherwise, this is going to take like four hours. We're going to get it under three. I promise. <laughs> so, Lineker fires him actually just for having the nerve for asking for yeah. this, basically. And then we go into the actual set and we mm-hmm. meet John Aston. Yay! Sean Aston's stepfather. Yeah. yeah. Or Gomez Adams from the original. Yeah, there you family. go. He's the director of the movie. He's great and he becomes a regular. He later becomes on. a pseudo regular. No, don't say anymore. Okay. <laughs> don't say anymore. He's a regular. Damn it. Don't you dare say a word. Don't you don't dare you ruin dare. this for Don't no. you ruin this for me. No. Don't. Okay. Now okay. let's move forward. <laughs> uh, he is Ross Healy. Mm-hmm. And he's explaining to Eve why sex in the cemetery is not kinky. It's rich. Yeah. It it's was, symbolic. Oh, or it was something. so gross. And and, uh, and then I like the other actor comes in, Bennett. Yeah. Scott Bennett comes in. Yeah. And he's like, Do you know what you need to do here? He's like, Make love. Make love in a cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, There you go. He's like, Well, he knows what to do. At all this time, Jess has finagled her way onto this set, mm-hmm. in which they're actually clearing because they're going to do the nude scene. She runs into Lidecker. He tells her he'll see her after lunch, mm-hmm. cut to after lunch. She's telling him, no, 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 what are you, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. Jenny, 
was Johnny, Jenny, the person having sex in the cemetery, <laughs> was Johnny in my book, a 10 year old son of a Presbyterian yeah. minister. Yeah. He wasn't having sex. And in sex. 200 pages, he never once took off his shirt. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, that's cute. Well, did he ever take a bath? I guess not. No, you just stank for yeah, the whole 200 pages. for the 200 pages. I, I insist that all my book characters <laughs> take a bath every 10 pages. And so. go potty every five. Yeah, I need to know what they're doing. I need to know the hygiene is keep enough. So Lydecker tells her, yo, I bought this title. I can do whatever I want with it. Mm-hmm. And she's upset. Mm-hmm. And she says, just because God gave people a taste for lobsters doesn't mean he gave lobsters a taste for being boiled alive. Which they scream when you're cooking them. I heard that's actually just... Yeah, but it still <laughs> sounds like they're screaming. I don't need lobster. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> but um, so she, she leaves... Then she describes it later that she lost her temper. And they, and she was so nice. I mean, if someone lost their temper with me like that. Does she not know what losing a temper actually means? I mean, she should have, like, She's thrown a She's clearly never seen me. No. 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 <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I overturn board games and things aren't going my way. <laughs> I you overturn dressers. Park- <laughs> you landed on Park Place. Damn it! <laughs> She-Ra, destroy your worlds! <laughs> so, the next day, Norman Lester, the lawyer that was sent from her publisher, comes to help her. He shows her her contract. Mm-hmm. And like a dum-dum, she didn't know. She mm-hmm. signed away all rights to her work. Yeah. She can't do anything with it. Nope. And so she says to Norman, she well, says... Well, I'm going to have to owe him an apology. I, I owe him an apology. I can't go <laughs> I can't go back to Cabot Cove until I talk yeah. to Mr. Lidecker. So she, she, she has the best manners. The best manners. The so best she, manners. So she calls his office and his secretary answers the phone. Mm-hmm. And she says, I need to talk to Mr. Lidecker. And the secretary says, well, he's not in right now. You should call him later. She's like, no, this isn't something I can do over the phone. Like, <laughs> like this apology... That yeah. she owes this yeah. creep. I have to do it in person. I have to do this in person. This is something that cannot be done over the phone. So. And that secretary is a hoot. Yeah, she just feels so, she just has to apologize yeah. to this jerk. And he's like, he's clearly a jerk. She gets back onto the set. Mm-hmm. Apparently she has an open pass to get on the set Apparently. whenever she wants now. There's dry ice steaming in. It's a deserted set. It's but deserted... yeah, there's like fog everywhere. It's wasteful Mood Hollywood. lighting. It's just Hollywood. Just waste money. <laughs> like, we'll just keep it the mood in this set, empty set <laughs> all the time. That way as soon as you step foot, you're like, ooh, I should be in a cemetery killing people. <laughs> and she goes in and what does she find? Ooh, a dead body. Jerry's dead. Yeah. And she also takes note of a gold button mm-hmm. uh, next to him. And she's like kind of inching her way out when this big beefcake of a man <laughs> is kind of like rude. The dumbest <laughs> security guard. He calls it in. He's like, and I think I've got the killer. Yeah. he thinks. And she's like, but I was just coming to call you to what? I was coming to get you <laughs> she... to show you. <laughs> Does she look like a killer? I mean, granted. Not all killers look like they're killers. Right. But was she shaking and scared? No. And she was even saying, like, I, if something terrible happened, I think yeah. you got hit by this over here. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, that's not what a no. ki- I don't think that's what the killer would no. be doing. Like, he was just being an idiot about he, it. He was ostensibly the e- episode is this time. Jessica's one of the suspects. Like, I mean, we know, and obviously. And she makes for a really good suspect in this one. She's probably the best suspect yeah. because she has motive, mm-hmm. opportunity. <laughs> Means. Like, me. Like, she she was there. Mm-hmm. But, like, nobody in The secretary universe... heard her say, this is something I have to do in person. Yeah, so or I'm, I'm going to stop this film no matter the cost. Yeah, no matter what the cost. Yeah. So, like, she's, like, the perfect suspect. But it's, like, kind of disappointing because the episode never really goes with it. And the universe never really runs with that. Like, Well, no, because fortunately, fortunately, Detective Hernandez isn't a dummy and knows Uh, that she's... He's lazy. Well, no, he's not. (laughs) He's more into writing his screenplay than he is to being an actual detective, which comes in later. But that doesn't make him a dummy. Well, we should introduce Detective Mike Hernandez. Oh, Mike? I thought his name was Jerry. Maybe I was confusing him with Lidecker. No, Jerry Lidecker. I got that. Because I was like, Jerry Hernandez. That's an interesting name. That would be an interesting name. I don't know why that would be interesting. I don't know. It just doesn't sound like it flows. Like, Mike Hernandez flows. Yeah, Mike Hernandez is a But Jerry? No offense to any of our listeners' (laughs) names. Jerry. Jerry. Gerald. G. G. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
I think there's a very specific surname you have to go with Jerry to make yeah. it work. Jerry Lidecker actually sounds yeah, that sounds that's a pretty good. good name. Jerry Seinfeld sounds good. That that's good, but like yeah. Jerry Hernandez. I a, see. It doesn't work for me. Mike Hernandez works like, great. Either, like Jerry, Mike Hernandez, that that flows. It's a beautiful name. It's a beautiful name. It's a strong name. Like Ross Healy. Ross Healy's a but great what's name. Alan Gebhardt? Gebhardt sounds like. See, I have a problem with that name. Gebhardt sounds like someone was eating peanut butter when they were naming this yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. And it was something else. And they're like, "What's this guy's name?" Gebhardt. <laughs> when it like, was well, supposed to be what? Gefoot. Gef- I don't know. Gefford. Gifford. Gifford. Maybe Gebhardt. <laughs> but it, it just doesn't. It doesn't Let's flow. cut all this. Do we have to? Yes. This is a dumb conversation. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Mike Hernandez shows up. And what I love about this scene is, like, Jessica Fletcher is, like, their prime suspect at this yeah. point. And she is, like, nose to nose with Mike Hernandez. Feeling all around for evidence. And just feel, feeling the corpse, like, looking <laughs> around. And he's like, you know, what are you doing? She's like, oh, there was a gold button here. I'm looking yeah. for the gold button. He's like, well, give it to me. Yeah. Because obviously she's the killer and she's like taking care of evidence, but nobody is stopping her. No. They're just letting her have full. This is why I mean Mike Hernandez is lazy. <laughs> she introduces herself as J.B. Fletcher and he tells her, oh, I, I'm actually a fan. He didn't know she was one, but he's mm-hmm. like, I'm a fan of your work. Yeah. I write screenplays. Hey, maybe you can help us out on this case. And she, which again is insane. She says, I leave theories to the experts. And yeah. I'm like, no. Oh, I'm not here to solve your case for you. Oh, we're only four episodes in, and we know that's BS. Yeah, we know <laughs> what you do. You know, you don't leave theories to nobody. No. You, you're all up in this. What we find out is that Miss Contessa mm-hmm. and her TV dinners and Ross mm-hmm. were in the trailer checking costume changes. So they're mm-hmm. off the John table. John Aston. John Aston. They're off the mm-hmm. table in terms of like being in this room. They. Kind of corroborating right. each they, other's... They have alibis they have for alibis. each other. And again, this is where Contessa basically says, yeah, everybody wanted them dead. Yeah. We all... Nobody... Nobody's upset. Nobody's yeah. even upset. Nobody's even said just like, there's a dead body in my proximity. Yeah. No one's just like, oh my God. The person God, most is... upset is Jessica Fletcher because she found a dead body. Yeah. Everybody yeah. else is like so blase about mm-hmm. it. I'm like, I think I would be upset if... Well, now, no, that's a lie because when they do show who uh, the Lidecker's body... Uh-huh. Contessa does like have a oh, meltdown right. <laughs> and I was like at the time I was like why are you showing her the dead body can't you just be like Mr. Lidecker died yeah but he's like no, no let he's me like, show let you let me show you this bloody man's body <laughs> yeah it's like and his face looks like a, like the shark victim in Jaws like, yeah he like throws up the sheet and she's like oh my god he's yeah like, and she freaks out that's true she does freak yeah. out but everyone else is like when they talk to like uh, Scott Bennett he's like yeah okay. Yeah okay. Whatever. I don't care. No, I don't care. So um, that guy is empty. He. There is no character development on that guy. A, it took me forever to even figure out who he was. He is empty. There is nothing there. The only person who isn't kind of around to hear that Lidecker is dead is mm-hmm. Eve. Mm-hmm. She apparently had left the studio earlier. She's drunk at the house. Well, first. <laughs> Someone has to inform her that her lover, lover. her lover and her, her boss. Lover. Lover. Should I be lovers? Lover. Oh, pull in another pull. <laughs> we, we haven't had enough episodes to, yet to have like. But we cuts. already do. In fact, next Magnum episode, we're going to be talking about Rick's shirt. Oh, well, no, yeah. that, that's a running, that's a running thing. Oh, is it? it? It will be. It will be? As long as Rick is around, we're going to talk about his shirt. Oh, he's sure. around. So, who do you think's responsibility would it be to tell Eve that her lover <laughs> and her boss is dead? Well, it's the cop's responsibility. Yes, interesting. Yes. Do you think it should be the responsibility of the... Prime suspect? The prime, <laughs> the prime suspect, who is not a cop, who's a writer, who doesn't even know who she is. They not have at not all. met at this point. Not at all. Well... According to Detective Mike Hernandez... She's perfect for the job. Jessica, <laughs> Jessica Fletcher is perfect to go and tell someone that their lover is dead. <laughs> I'll get a cop to drive you over there. Why can't the cop that you're driving over there tell her? Who knows? We need to move this show along. Appar- apparently beat cops aren't allowed to do that. I guess not. Just authors. Just, Just visiting authors. authors from L.A. is sounding a lot like Hawaii's police department. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> So she goes over there, and Eve is like three sheets to the wind with fake booze. It's got all like the white yeah. labels of like beer, <laughs> vodka. It's vodka flavored vodka. <laughs> it's like alcoholic drink. 
and she's drinking whiskey mm-hmm. and Coke. Right. I want to say. I I feel like I've mixed those before. Yeah, because apparently, according to real this drinkers, sh- well, good. I'm not an alcoholic then. Uh, there you go. No, that five. means I'm not hey. an alcoholic hey. because a real drinker doesn't mix mix whiskey and Coke, according to Jessica Fletcher. <laughs> I I binge drink every day, but it's not whiskey and Coke. So, so I'm not alcoholic. So um. <laughs> She goes over there, and Eve's drunk, so Jessica takes away her, her, her drink and is like, I can't tell you what I need to tell you mm-hmm. when you're like this. You need to be able to understand. So Eve suggests they go skinny dipping. Because she's still being drunk. She's, she's so drunk. Let's it's so drunk. Let's, let's go skinny dipping. Woo! Instead, Jessica Flesher shoves her under a beach shower. Yeah. And this isn't like Magnum P.I. beach shower. No. This is like torture. This is yeah. like waterboarding. <laughs> it's pretty rough. <laughs> she's like screaming. The poor woman's just like, ah! And she's like, no, you're going to stay in there until you're sober. No, I'm going to pour it on the kettle. Okay, and you get in some warm clothes. And then I'm going to tell you you're why clever. I'm here. <laughs> okay, are you comfortable? Your lover is dead. Okay, I'm going to go now. <laughs> okay. Nice to meet you. I'm a fan of all your work. <laughs> and uh, Eve is super upset. Super. Like, oh. like she's, she, more than anyone, is just yeah. tore up about yeah. this. So Jessica goes back to her hotel mm-hmm. where she's accosted by the press. <laughs> and they ask, and one of, the, one of them people says, as a writer, what can you tell us about Lidecker's death? Yeah. I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? As a writer. Well, as a writer, I would say it started on a dark and stormy night. As a writer, I think the themes were... (laughs) How does it feel to be involved in a real-life crime? She's a part of them all the time. She's a part of them. This is common. This is every day for her. Well, at least once a week. At least once a week. (laughs) So, yeah, but it, it... it's just a crazy thing, like, as a writer. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's a like, weird question. <laughs> it's such a weird question. <laughs> so Hernandez meets her in her hotel room. And what he tells her is the urn that was used to kill. Which I'm surprised it didn't break when she smashed it over his yeah, head. Yeah, you know? like, what kind of, it's not a breakaway urn. No. That would have been really funny, though, if the person had, like, picked up, a, like, one of the prop urns. Because it's and probably just plastic or styrofoam. Why would you have a real Why would you have a real urn? one? One that's not going to break if you smash it on somebody's or head. If they, or if it does smash, it's like, who cares? Like, yeah. It's not like, but no. so it I looked re- more like one of those really um, cool old-fashioned Greek pitchers yeah. that they have, you know? Or one from, Did like, Lothorian. <laughs> You know, that historical doing. place, Lothlorien. Yeah. But like, yeah, I think it would have been funny just in general if like the murder murderer had like had like a fake prop and tried yeah. to like smash it over his head, and then the guy's just standing there like, "Did you just try to kill me?" <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Hernandez says it's interesting. The, the mm-hmm. prints were wiped off the urn, mm-hmm. and he's like, if someone was upset and in a hurry they, they probably wouldn't have thought off. of that but I mean, and you know what that is good detective work on his part for the okay point one for hernandez <laughs> but basically he's like but you mm-hmm. as a mystery writer would, would have wiped off the print you would have like thought of that you, mm-hmm. you know you're thinking two steps ahead. she's like well do you think i'm yeah a murderer and he's like no i don't think you are but my captain does my boss and, does. and you have to understand you do have Motive and a lot going against you. Yeah, it's not it's not looking bueno for you. No. So he's like, "Well, can you just like help us out here?" Mm-hmm. And she's like, "I don't want to help with the investigation. <laughs> I, I don't do that. I'm leaving. And I'm she, going back to Cove. I'm going back to Cove. I'm like, you always want to help. This is so uh, out of character. Yeah, this is so weird. she's accused of murder. Yeah, she and this doesn't guy, even want to clear her name. And this guy is giving her the opportunity to clear her name, and she's like, "No, I'd like to jump bail and get out of the state, please." Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. That does not track. <laughs> so what keeps her there, oddly enough, mm-hmm. is that Ross Healy is now taking over producing duties of the movie. Mm-hmm. And he's like, don't you want to see what they're going to do with your movie? And so she's like, well, okay. Well, I guess I'll stay for that. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes back to the studio, and that's where she meets Gebhardt. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find out that he was rehired by Sean Astin's dad. Yes. And that... Sean Astin's dad was actually forced to change their original script. Like, mm-hmm. he, they both had a vision for her, this work, and Jerry came in and made them rewrite the entire script and hire his girlfriend, Eve Crystal, in the lead role. Yeah. So, 
not looking good for them in terms of motive. <laughs> so they go in to where the movie's being shot, and it is like epilepsy disco. <laughs> it is like new wave. It was terrible. And I was like, wow, how is this ever going to be a big hit? And this it, is what we were talking about earlier. And somebody actually says, all right, kill the music. And I was like, yes, please kill God. it. Murder it, is, it violently. It is dying. The music is terrible. <laughs> it is like, I wrote down as diabetic synth horror pop. <laughs> what? <laughs> know what that means. I don't even know what that means. But it fits. Diabetic Not even. Horror pop. I feel like you're insulting okay. diabetics. I am. Have, no, 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 no. I'm not. Definitely insulting. not. No. No, I'm not. Okay. Insulting. Okay. But think of those words together. That's what the music sounds like. I don't know what that means. I think I meant diegetic and I got some uh, <laughs> I got spell check. Well, diabetes plays a huge part in this movie. Ooh, maybe. I mean, in this episode. Maybe spell check was giving me a little spoiler. Maybe. So, and it, what shocked me, I was like, so the cemetery set that we've mm-hmm. seen before has been completely transformed. <laughs> Into this neon nightmare. Oh, it was terrible. Like all the all the tombstones have like neon lights, like yeah. outlining them. And then John Aston even goes, "I need more neon blinking over here." Yeah, I need, <laughs> and I was like, "No, I, I, I need these tombstones to blink." Yeah. <laughs> and I need more smoke over here and more smoke over here when they're having sex in here. It's yeah. Like, and and then the screen even turns like kind of red when they're like making out. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is terrible. This is so bad. So I'm like, this was their plan? And then This was, was a... not Lidecker's plan. And then I, wa- yeah, Lidecker seemed to have a better grasp of what this better. movie should be. <laughs> yeah. And so... even True Blood has a sex scene in a cemetery. Oh, everybody has a sex yeah. scene in a cemetery. But like not with neon lights. Yeah. And then I was wondering, was it supposed to be a musical? Yeah, because then they kind of start dancing a bit. Yeah, I was like, it was weird. weird. And I get it because the title is The Corpse Dances at Midnight. But I was like, literally, literally? are these dead bodies going to rise up and start dancing? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's like, like, oh, we like like thriller. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Jessica goes and talks to Quintessa again. And we find out from the Quintessa that on Eve's first day of shooting, Mm -hmm. somebody slipped her vodka in her drink. Yes. And the Contessa. The Contessa. <laughs> was, um, Is that even like a title, Contessa? Yeah, it's like princess. No, that, that's a Contessa. C-O-N. I'm sure Quintessa is like five princesses. That, that's five Tessas. <laughs> <laughs> Tessa the Durbervilles is one. <laughs> Eve blamed the Quintessa. Mm-hmm. And Jessica's like, why would she blame you? I mean, mm-hmm. I know you guys don't really like each other, but like, why would she blame you? And Quintessa is like, um, oh, didn't you know? I was having an affair with Lidecker. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Well, I, she really says she lived in the beach house that Eve is living in now. Mm-hmm. But we infirm, inferred and is stated explicitly later that mm-hmm. she was having an affair with Lidecker before he got together yeah. with Eve. Yeah. That's when Hernandez brings in Lidecker's secretary who says what we said before. That, mm-hmm. you know, she said she's going to do anything. She, Jessica's going to do anything she can to stop this movie from being mm-hmm. made. She can only do this And then in the person. secretary ends it with, and then she killed him. Did she say that? Yes, she did. And I was wow. like, whoa. <laughs> that, that's, whoa. That is not what happened. Yeah. That's... And secondly, why would you do this in front of everybody? Yeah, it was like this huge, like. Like, what detective goes in is like, point out the murderer. Yeah. Oh. Do this. Oh, but wait. But wait. Yeah, I, so, just, I he, did not like that. So just gets unprofessional. Unpro- a lot of unprofessional stuff uh, going on. Jessica nah. never told them as a writer what she thought of the murder. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica gets arrested, kind of. It's a fake arrest. It's a, Hernandez calls it a fake arrest that's kind of real but kind of not. And then, okay, so he wants her to clear her own name and find the real that's killer. his job. Yes, it is. But two, he made sure that she gets banned from the lot that she needs to use in order to investigate. Yeah, he gets her arrested as a, a suspect. Takes Which her back so to the, the studio is like, well, you're banned from ever coming you're, back here. You're since like you're, an interference. Yeah, or you're like you're too much of you're a, a murderer. You're a murderer, and you're causing too much yeah. disruption. Yeah, so they're like, you're banned from ever coming back here. But so it's like, well, how is she even supposed to continue her investigation then, dude? And he's still like type type typing away, mm-hmm. I guess, at his screenplay. Because I've never heard of a, a, of a police officer being like, 
Well, everyone thinks you do it, so I guess you better go clear your name. Yeah. I have every, I have all the confidence in the world that you can do it. Bye. I'm working on my screenplay. <laughs> and like his excuse is, he's like throwing the killer off the the case. Yeah. So since she can't go, hoping the killer will trip up. So she can't go anywhere. So she goes and gets Norman, mm-hmm. uh, the hapless lawyer, yeah. who who does who you know what is a, far more competent than Grady. He's. Actually, like they make him such like a um, uh, oh, what's the word? Kind of just a doofus. They make yeah. him a doofus, but he ends up having like being very yes, heroic moments. He has a heroic He's moment. extremely competent. Nebbish is the word I was looking okay. for. I don't even know if that's the right word, but like he looks like a nebbish. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so she gives him like a, a task. She's like, I need because I can't leave here. Mm-hmm. I need you to look into all these people's backgrounds. Yeah. He's like, what are you going to do in the meantime? Which is something the detective should be doing. Again, yes. Hernandez is... That's, you know, that's why you're a detective. You're there to detect. Detect. detect it's right there in the title. And he's like, no, I'm just going to I'm just gonna arrest the first person who gets accused. But then mm-hmm. I'm going to tell them I don't really think they were the murderer. It's, it's Yeah. Confused. It's not like you go it's up confounding. to a model and you're like, hey, I want you to write something. No, their titles is model. Yeah. They're there to... Model. Yeah. It's right there in the title. That's their job. That's their job. Yeah. You know. I mean, you can have multiple talents, but I don't think one no. of your talents should be clearing your name of No, it shouldn't be. <laughs> Richard Kimball in The Fugitive. <laughs> so she's like, well, I ha- I'm i going to get back on that lot. And you're like, I'm going to disguise myself. So she puts on this big hat <laughs> and then just goes in as a tourist. As herself. She disguises herself. The security on that studio is terrible. I mean, like, I'm surprised there's not more murders at that studio. <laughs> And and then she somehow gets into a screening room. We find out runs Norm, the projection. He runs the project. Norman's uncle runs a projection for yeah. for like doing the rushes and stuff. Yeah. And she's like, I want to see the last thing that Lie uh, Decker saw before he got murdered. And it's a shot of Eve and her co-star Scott, like, empty face, over uh, empty face. <laughs> Scott empty face, making out yeah. like over making out. Yeah, like even after the scene is they're over, like, cut, they're cut, like cut cut. cut. They're still and, making like, out. And like they're like like. Going at it. Two horny teenage rabbits, like, <laughs> in the water. Because rabbits are teenagers. They have their they teenage have, years. They have a moment when they're teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so she goes to talk to Scott Bennett. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know what her idea is with Scott, but she just goes to talk to I him. guess to confirm the affair. Yeah, she goes to confirm the affair. So she's like, oh. she doesn't want to assume there was an affair. Well, and she, and she has to kind of tread lightly because, like, he could be, he, you know, these people may have killed him. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know. Like, maybe could he Could have killed, been in cahoots. Yeah, like, this could be something. So yeah. she, you know, flatters him and he gives her an autograph that says, like, hugs and kisses. Love and kisses. Love and, love and kisses. Love and kisses, Scott, Scott Bennett. Bennett. And she's like, wouldn't you rather give this to Eve? And he's like, who told you about that? And she's like, you did right just now. now. <laughs> and he's like, well, you're a B-I-T-C-H. And he snaps the autograph picture and, like, runs off. He takes the autograph. <laughs> yeah. That is the best thing I've ever seen. Well, you seen don't get this. Well, I guess you don't get my headshot. <laughs> so. Oh, boo-hoo. Real big loss. So next she goes to, like, the kind of the costuming warehouse or whatever. She meets a new person named Eleanor, who's like a costume. I love the name Eleanor. Eleanor is a beautiful name. It is. I love that name. More people should be named Eleanor. I agree. Eleanor is the costume mistress, and Jessica's trying to confirm that the Contessa and uh, Sean Aston's dad were there. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, no, no, they left before the sirens came. And they left separately. Quintessa left, actually, before for Sean Aston's dad did. And Jessica's a master of flattery. Mm-hmm. So she's like, oh, I'd love to see, like, some of the old costumes before everything got changed. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, well, here they all are. The only one I don't have is drum majorette costume. She's like, drum majorette costume? Ooh, where is it? Well, I know who took it last. I know who took it last. Jess breaks in to mm-hmm. Eve's private trailer, <laughs> uh, walks in, and is immediately, like, run over run by a dude. Run over mm-hmm. by some dude, like, just covered in costumes. <laughs> and she chases after him, like, a real hero. This all yeah. that jogging she does really yeah. pays off. In heels. Her, yeah. Her cardio is on fleek, I believe yeah. it's called. Is that the term? I don't think so. <laughs> and Norman just happens to be passing by, and she's like, Norman, 
Stop that man! Stop him! And Norman leaps, leaps to the occasion and takes this guy he down. He might as well have ripped off his shirt and revealed like <laughs> his bulging muscles because he just takes. Like, he had like a fourteen pack. I mean, that is a hero. That yeah. is a hero. Like he just jumped in action. You would not have expected it from him. Uh, I, I mean, maybe I should have expected it from oh, him. Maybe. I don't know. He seems like a nice guy. And it turns out the person that had bowled her over was. Sean Astin's daddy, yeah. Gomez Adams. Gomez Adams. And he has the gold button on him. Mm-hmm. And so Hernandez just happens to be happens there. Happens to be there. He there. He's not doing anything. He's not detecting anything. He's just cruising around Hollywood. I have no On idea. sets. And he just happens to be like, oh, here I am. And he's like, well, yay. We got the murder. Bye. We, we got the murderer then. It's I got him. I win. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, and at first he's like, I can't. She's like, arrest him. Mm-hmm. And he's like. I can't. And she's like, he he knocked me over. And he's like, ah, oh, felonious assault. Felonious assault, which gives them the right to search him where they mm-hmm. find the gold button. And they're like, oh, obviously he was planting the gold button yep. on Eve Crystal's outfit mm-hmm. to implicate her in the murder of Lidecker. And so he's arrested. Mm-hmm. But that's a dumb, again, I'm sorry, Mike Hernandez seems like a really sweet guy. But that <laughs> is like the dumbest deduction you could have come for that yeah. because at this point Jessica Fletcher is the prime suspect so yeah. if that's what was going on like well, why, why, would, why, he why be... would you be going after Eve like yeah. you're like well, we've already like if he murdered someone mm-hmm. he doesn't want to get caught they already have another suspect who looks well, like he pretty thinks, guilty Hernandez thinks that John Aston is planting evidence in Eve's trailer right which is that. a huge leap well, right, but I mean, yeah, and exactly. Because and what a I'm weird saying, time why, to be planting evidence. That's what I'm saying, because yeah. why would you be planting evidence when you already have yeah. someone else in custody that yeah. looks very guilty? It doesn't make any kind of sense. You know, there's no reason to do that. Mm-hmm. At that point, you could just throw that button away forever. Oh, yeah, and then you're home free. Yeah, because, it, you know, no one's thinking Who's going to be rooting through the L.A. garbage? I guess the concern was if we went to Eve's trailer and you found the majorette uniform and you found the button missing, it would point to her as being mm-hmm. well that's what we find out well but but why no, would anyone would be then doing you'd it want that? the button missing yes. you don't want the button back yes exactly because, because then it clears would, eve <laughs> putting the button back actually clears eve doesn't yes. implicate eve no ever no because there's like 10 buttons he, on that drummer a major outfit yeah because all he has to do is be like hey the majorette outfit is in yeah planting the evidence <laughs> would have been putting the majorette uniform in there but yes. the majorette uniform was already in there yes that makes no sense. It makes no sense. <laughs> Hernandez, come on, brother. I hope your screenplay gets picked up, dude. Because this, this, this detective job ain't... It's not for you. It's not for you, my dude. So this leaves Norman and Jess by themselves. Mm-hmm. And Norman's like, oh, yeah, we did find out that uh, Sean Astin's daddy was overextended. So he must have done this murder to, like... what? Why would that have worked? I don't understand. Like, he was... He needed the job. He needed the job to be a director to help him because he was, like, in debt. Yeah, and he hadn't had a win in a really long time. So, and, and he was afraid and he that needed a big hit. And he, he was afraid that what... This is the theory. This is Norman's yeah. theory. That he's a, he's a brave man, but not bright. He, <laughs> his theory is that he killed Lidecker because Lidecker was making him change the movie. And that would further kind of blacklist him in Hollywood. Like, this was his big chance to get back in the game. Right. And he was afraid. And so that's why he would have killed Lidecker. Mm-hmm. And Jess is like, okay, but what about the other people I told you to look into? And he's like, what? And she's like, yeah, I, I want to know about everyone else. So we find out. And unlike Grady, he didn't just find fish packing places. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he actually found information. Actually- like, Eve is a diabetic. Eve is a diabetic. And is taking medication for it. Quintessa, we find, this is where we literally find out that she was Lidecker's mistress before yeah. he ended up with Eve and actually mm-hmm. had threatened to kill him for fooling around. Yeah, shish kebab him. And we find out that Gebhardt, the screenwriter, is an alcoholic, which really doesn't prove anything. Not at all. It just, Although it just does. It said like... he was into drugs and he had kicked drugs, but he still drank. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you're a murderer. No. So, but I mean, that's basically the information. So, they all go to the beach. Mm-hmm. To have a we're all the suspects party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's just gather the people who may have murdered someone mm-hmm. in one place. Yeah. Because ostensibly, like, to, to say goodbye to Jessica, which I'm like, are they even that close? Do they even care? I mean, he's, uh, Scott Bennett stole his headshot from her. Like, yeah. 
Eve has only met her once, and it was when she told her that her <laughs> lover was murdered. Yeah. Quintessa, they seem yeah, to, Quintessa, they I seem can to see. be, they kind of yeah. hit it off right away. And then Gebhardt, she's met like once. Yeah, but they, they're they writers, so, so they, I guess, they get together. Yeah, so she, <laughs> she gathers know. these people all together. And it's just like, just, just such a weird, like, why? Why would you do that? So, like, I guess, uh, she's like, I'm leaving tomorrow. I want to see y'all one last time. Yeah. And they're like, well, let's toast, let's toast the Lidecker? Or no, toasting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and also find out that the movie's been canceled Yeah, at this point. so now everybody's been fired. Everybody's lost their job at mm-hmm. this point completely. So killing him was a bad move if you're going to try to, like, make something of it. Yeah, it was a bad move. And they decided that, like, a sex romp comedy with teenagers, <laughs> like, the number one movie in the country was something, like, similar, I guess. Yeah. And then Eve had lined up a sex romp teenager in the jungles that was based on the Hemingway short story, <laughs> which I love. And so Was it Islands in the Stream? Please let it be Islands in the Stream. <laughs> Islands in the Stream would be like a three movie epic. <laughs> that book is like 3,000 pages. <laughs> it's like the snows of Kilimanjaro, <laughs> but with like new wave flock of seagulls. Neon music. <laughs> And they'll always keep talking about white elephants and nobody will know what they're talking about. It's them hills. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So they're like, "Uh, Jessica, do you want to say a toast? I don't know what for. To the Lidecker dying? To Sean Astin's daddy being arrested? I don't know. Like, she's like, I'm going to save my toast for the end. Yeah, so you guys all toast first. Oh, and hey, alcoholic, why don't you just get yourself a diet soda? <laughs> She's just babysitting everybody. And, Taking care of everyone. And at that point, Eve actually is like, no, I don't want an al- I don't want alcohol either. I'd r- rather have a Diet Coke. Yeah. When they come back. Party pooper Jess. Party pooper Jess. <laughs> Princess party pooper. She's back. She's back with a vengeance. <laughs> Always interrupting people celebrating murder. And she's like, here's to... Sean Astin's daddy, mm-hmm. an innocent man arrested for murder. And the party and, instantly and dies. Adeline, like, she just took a wet blanket and threw it over the crowd. I've never seen a party die that fast before. First, Quintess is like... Because they're like, okay, I'm going to go now. Yeah, <laughs> Like, instantly. Like, puts down her drink, isn't even touched. Like, okay, I got to go. Yeah. And Gabhart's like, yeah, I got to go. Yeah, I'm I, out I gotta of here, go. too. And then uh, Scott Bennett, the dead Scott... Empty face. Empty face. <laughs> Scotty, Scotty, empty face, is like, I got to work out because yeah, I'm after. Yeah, for my new gig. So, Bye. Uh, so it leaves just Eve and uh, Jessica. And Jessica. he's like, well, I guess the party's over then. I guess the party's over. And Jessica's like... For you it is. There's no partying in jail. <laughs> there ain't no partying in jails. <laughs> And she's like, what are you talking about? And that's not the, the lines. That's not the lines at all. I just thought it'd be funny. Ain't no part in for you. Where are you going to the stir? You going to the slammer. <laughs> to sing sing. And she's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, he's arrested. And she's like, oh, he's guilty. Yeah. He was. Because mess- he was messing with uh, evidence, obstructing justice. And she's like, basically, he was covering for you. Yeah. And Eve's like, why would he cover for me? And she's like, no, 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 it wasn't for you. Yeah. It was for his movie. Yeah. He needed to make sure you were still cool to be in the movie mm-hmm. so he couldn't have you being arrested for murder. I think he witnessed it. Yeah, he witnessed it. Knew immediately. Yeah, he knew. He saw her murder. He saw the him. evidence and had to take it and, and wipe down the urn. Yeah, he wiped down the urn. Yeah. Like, it was nice that he had that like cloth. He's like... <laughs> Hey, it's important to keep a hanky on you at all time. Apparently. You never know when you have to wipe off fingerprints. And again, you have to remember, like, all this was happening while, like, Jess was in the room. Yeah. Like, she had just turned around. It's been, like, 30 seconds or 15 seconds or however long it takes the idiot security guard to be like, what are you doing in here, man? And Dum Dum Hernandez (laughs) is like, nobody would think to wipe down for prints. It's like, well. Well, clearly. Gomez Adams did. (laughs) So he, he, he wiped it down and. He was returning the button to the... That was, like, the only evidence that would, like, prove that, you know, someone else she was there. She did it or something? I, guess, I don't know. Again. But she again. Was, well, she was the only one wearing the costume, I guess. She was the only but one wearing the costume. But even then, it's so circumstantial. Because the only person who's even spoken about the button yeah. 
is your prime suspect. Yeah. So it's like, why am I believing you? you okay, there's a button, show it to me. Yeah. You don't have any evidence to show me. No. So why am I going to follow up on this lead when you're clearly I don't know. What I guilty. like are the crotchety detectives who are like, get out of my crime scene. Yeah, I think I think the crotchety detectives are more my favorite than yeah. the fawning detective. The yeah. fawning detectives are just dumb. Yeah, they're just like, they, you do it for you me. You do this. You I'll do get my paid. Job. And you solve it. <laughs> you clear yourself. <laughs> I have other things to do. Like write my screenplay. Yeah, and, and basically she murdered him because... He was going to ruin Empty oh, Face's career. Yes, Scotty Scotty Empty Face. Yeah. He was going to fire him because they hadn't actually filmed that many scenes together. Mm-hmm. And he could get a new actor in. He, didn't, he didn't like the fact that they were making out. Yeah. And over making out. And so, so that's it. And then, of course, Empty Scotty Face just leaves her. So it's like... She kills for him and nothing. Yeah, she gets nothing, nothing for it. Nothing. And then I love the the ending line. I sure can pick him, can't I just... Wait, no! You killed Lidecker. You know what? I, I'm an insensitive person because I didn't even realize like that's what was happening with the workout thing at the end where he was just blowing her off. I literally... <laughs> yeah, thought he, he was, was just, just blowing her off. I literally was like, oh, he's got to work out. <laughs> no, he's literally blowing her he's off. He's like, okay, we're done because we're done with this movie Yeah, now, we're so, done. So... You and I, we're done. We're done. Oh, wow. He's a... Scotty, Scotty, empty face is a yes. horrible person. Yes, he's horrible. So, so she kills in order to protect this guy who does not care. Well, and I guess we should explain how Jessica figures this all out. I well, it's <laughs> because she's diabetic, she's diabetic and she's allergic to vodka. I mean, not vodka, but alcohol reacts badly with the medication that she's on. Right. And so she wouldn't be drinking that much. She wouldn't have been drinking that much. Yeah. And so obviously it was like a, uh, it was, she's trying to establish an alibi mm-hmm. for herself. And Eve's like, oh, okay. And Jessica tells her, like, do you want me to make the phone call? And this is something that Jessica does so often. She <laughs> leaves herself alone with people who have killed. Who have killed before. Like, granted, maybe it was a crime of passion. But, like, once mm-hmm. you've killed once. According to many of these episodes, you're easily able to kill again. It's like Pringles. Like Deadly once Lady. You, once you pop, you can't stop. <laughs> I think I've said that before, but, like, it's true. Like, <laughs> why would you leave yourself vulnerable? She, I'm not saying Jessica's frail. Well, I think it's because there weren't any urns around, so she felt safe. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, I think we're supposed to get that Jessica can intuit a person's behavior right. enough to know. You're not really a murderer, even mm-hmm. though you murdered. Yeah. You're, like, a good person. I'm not afraid of you. It wasn't premeditated. Yeah, like, this was, like, a crime of passion. Yeah. You know, you should really turn. You're not going to passionately kill me. But then, like Eve tells her something really strange to me. Okay. It's like it's like the final scene of the, the the show, and she tells her, "I never really wanted to be a movie star. It was Jerry's I, idea." Well, then how are you? How are you with even Jerry? Here? Were you a secretary, uh, an you, understudy? I don't get it. Yeah, were you at like Yogli Mowgli? Like, and he just like, picked you up off the street. And, and it's like who. If you don't have any interest in that, yeah, who just gets picked up and like is like, I'm gonna make you a star. Like I know that's like the big like, yeah. hey kid, I'm gonna make you a star. Yeah. But like you like if it's something you're not interested in, then you'd be like, no, that's all right, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. But she's allowing herself to be like blackmailed and yeah. like gross, like casting couched by yeah. this guy, and she's saying she has no interest in it whatsoever. Yeah, then why would you do that to yourself? Why would you even be there? Just be like, you know what? Not worth it. Not worth it. Or, or like, or this isn't my dream. I want to sell real estate. Or when Lidecker is saying to her, like, you need to break it off with him, yeah. or I'll ruin your career. She should be like, well, I didn't want this anyway. I want to be with Scotty, Scotty, Empty Face. <laughs> so bye. Yeah. So bye. End of story. She don't have to murder. Yeah. There's no hold over her. I think now. if we've learned anything from watching these shows, is mm-hmm. you don't need to murder. <laughs> 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 well, I feel like we've discussed this before, but murder uh, is bad. Murder is bad. I think <laughs> I think that might be the thesis statement of murder she wrote. And Magnum P.I. So, well, what's your overall take of this? Uh, this is our second time watching this episode. Well, how'd you feel about it, watching it the second time? Well, her drunk scene in the beginning was hilarious. Yeah, knowing where it was going. Knowing what was happening. Yeah. But I still feel like it was kind of a leap to know that Eve... Yeah. Killed him based on a medication that might sometimes have the side effect of turning somebody red when alcohol is introduced into the bloodstream. Yeah. Like, I, that was intense. Well, and, and it wasn't even the same alcohol because she no. was drinking. Because that was whiskey. Of, whiskey and Coke. But she said, alcoholics don't drink that. No. And I'm like, 
I think they I, do. I feel like I've done that before. <laughs> they do. I think I think anything, really. Yeah. I mean, if you want. If you're an alcoholic, I'm pretty sure you don't care. I've known people to mix Coke and Sprite and drink it and smile. Oh, gross. People, there's no accounting for what <laughs> people will do. So, I mean, so I don't think that's a really good... Yeah. But basically, it's what occurs. Like, my first clue was a real alcoholic wouldn't drink like that. <laughs> and then secondly, vodka makes your face red. But you just said she wasn't drinking vodka. It's like, yeah. So, so how are you leaping to all of this? Like, does beer make your face red? I mean, I red? get that she figured out Eve was the killer because of the button on the costume. Right. But then she doesn't even bring that up. She brings up the alcohol and diabetic link. Yeah. Like, and I was that, like, well, that, this doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, it does, but it's like, this is very sketchy logic. I, I apologize for my noisy chair. But yeah, <laughs> that's just audio bliss, I'm sure. But yeah, I mean, like the, the button thing, she just explained that scenario just as it pertained to Samwise Gamgee's father. Yeah. His, gaff, his old gaffer. <gasps> That's where the urn came from, Lothlorien. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> go. Samwise brought it to him. But like that's where she that's where she should have led with. Yeah. And then you can bring up the circumstantial stuff. Because mm-hmm. I mean, like the evidence, the hard evidence is you had the uniform. It did not have the button. Yeah. So you know. That's where we this start. This is hard evidence. Yeah. This is hard evidence. Yeah. Um, as for me, wow, it sounds like a duck. yeah. You keep sounding like a duck's farting in here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's my duck. <laughs> my pet farting duck. <laughs> For me, watching this episode again. Probably people can't even hear the chair making Oh, noise. no, you can hear it. Oh, you can? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I do my best. I do my best. People, I do my best. Dude. <laughs> we, if you saw our setup here, we do our best. I mean, like, there's noises that I can't always get rid of. But um, for me, watching this for, like, the second time, I was a little disappointed, I think. Okay. My memory of the episode was higher than my enjoyment of it. Well, that's because they this... had so many good gets, as we were blinded by star power. But the only one that really mattered to me was Gomez Adams anyway, because um, I don't know Dano. I don't, I've never Dano watched... mattered to me, he... and Little House on the Prairie Eve mattered See, to me. See, and I've never seen Little House on the Prairie either. That's oh, gonna that's be... excellent. That's going to be our See, Little really, House on the 5-0 is going to be our next podcast. Little House on the 5-0. Oh, my God. <laughs> that combination would be hilarious. <laughs> They have nothing to do with each other. What I would like to do is start a Hawaii Five O podcast, both the new and the old. Uh-huh. And we watch the original uh-huh. and then the, the new one, like, episode by episode. Okay. Of back and forth. But bet you the new one sucks. <laughs> I don't know. They got some good actors, I think. I don't know. I don't know. Daniel uh-huh. Day Kim is in. I like him. Well, he is cool. He's cool. But, yeah, like, so I, I, so I was not blinded by star power. Oh, well, I was. <laughs> I just had this feeling, oh, this is a really funny episode, a really good episode. And watching it, I was kind of like, I don't know. It, was, it didn't wow me. And now, on a scale from like... One to Magnum. Magnum PI <laughs> to 10. I mean, it's like a 7. But like, <laughs> it's, better than, it's better than the best Magnum PI we've watched. Hey, we still love Magnum. I love Magnum. Okay. <laughs> I love talking crap about Magnum. But... <laughs> But I, I wanted a little bit more from it. It didn't okay. it didn't uh didn't really hit me in the in the in the gut. Okay. I thought it was a fine episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Uh, you're wrong. Zone. Whatever. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> so next week, Little House on the Five O. <laughs> I can't believe you've never seen Little House on the Prairie. No, my mom was like in love with Michael Landon too. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, like, okay. In love. Okay. Perhaps in lust. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of women were. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, he had a magnificent head of hair. I mean, he looks yeah. like a great guy. Not as good as Kurt Russell's in The Thing. <sighs> his hair in that movie is that's gonna gold. Be the re- that's going to be the rest of my day thinking about his hair. He has beautiful hair in that movie. <laughs> I wish I had hair like him. I've always wanted to have like... The big... feather hair? No, not necessarily feather, but just like The Cassidy big... haircut? Like Ooh. even when I was young, I wanted to have like long hair. Okay. And it never looked cool on well, me. Well, good, I because hair. I don't like long hair on men. Oh, I don't like... I, I think those stupid bun knots are stupid. Bun nuts? <laughs> bun knots, you know. Bun nuts. <laughs> bun yep. nuts. Gotcha. That is not what I said, and you know it. <laughs> you and your bun nuts. The hair knots, the big old yeah, yeah, buns on top. Yeah, like, it looks gross. Like, like yeah. let's be real, guys. 
It looks like you haven't taken a shower, and that's never attractive. No. No. The only people who look good with long hair is on romance covers. Yeah. Let's face it. Yeah, and that's after all, it was like a lot of Photoshopping. Yeah, I do a lot of Photoshopping work on that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You make them look good. Yeah. I cannot be made to look good with long hair. I look (laughs) terrible with long hair. I always wanted it, but can't do it. Well, I think you look amazing with your short hair. Oh, I kind of look like a a really well put together serial killer. (laughs) What? Not at all. Not at all. I like to call you my Jimmy Fallon, you and McGregor mix. Yeah, that's what I've been told the most that I look like. Yeah. 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 With both of their charm. <laughs> that's a good thing. Well, wait, who is it again? You and, and McGregor. McGregor. I'm good with you and McGregor. And Jimmy Fallon. Okay. I, I'll, I'll you and McGregor it. more, like 80% you and McGregor. Okay. 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 I can take an 80%, 20%. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, you and McGregor is more, more my guy. Yeah. But I have been told. I do I, like Jimmy Fallon, but not attractively. You know? Oh, that's the one that everyone tells me I look like. No. Not <laughs> not at all. Not no. at all. But anyway, we've loved having you all with us this yes. week. Thank you for listening again. Thank you for listening again. Mm-hmm. I have not looked to see if there's any new reviews because I threw my phone in a toilet <laughs> yesterday. So... <laughs> It makes it sound like you did it on purpose. I threw my expensive phone in the toilet. <laughs> I was it's like, like, I'm done with this. <laughs> done with this. <laughs> we got to watch another Magnum episode. Not on my time. <laughs> so, yeah, I threw it in the toilet and peed on it. And <laughs> so I wasn't able to look to see if there's any new reviews. But still, I appreciate it, all of you. Yes. And next week, we will be doing Magnum P.I. again. Mm-hmm. I don't have it in front of me what episode it will be. It's going to be a surprise for everyone. Although, there's some doozies coming up. I did look at some oh. uh, scenarios coming up. Oh, I, no. Some, doozies some... as in great plots or doozies as in well, careful now? I mean, I think, I think the next episode is going to be the one... Where in the credits he's looking at the woman's butt while he's teaching her to oh, swim. Oh God, that one! I think I think I recognized it from the thumbnail, but I don't know what it's called. It's because like it's like this is that or something like that. I don't know. It is a thumbnail. So they have to go back to him yeah. curving out. In the meantime, while you wait anxiously for our <laughs> next episode, feel free to contact us anytime. Mm-hmm. You can get us on Twitter at Magnum She Wrote mm-hmm. or on Gmail. <laughs> I did it right. You're screwing me up. You're <laughs> Ruin me up. I had it perfect. You can get us on Gmail or email. Gmail is email. The Gmail address. Email us. MagnumShiro at gmail.com. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. We'd love to hear from you. We'd always love to hear from you. And uh, what, are you, what are your hopes and dreams for the coming week? Uh, that I get my work done. <laughs> okay. Uh, what I are have- yours? I'm going to, like, uh, build myself a scarecrow and murder it in many different ways. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, so do sh- you need my expertise on garroting? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd rather you not see how I'm going to do it. Oh, Just, okay. You shouldn't okay. know. Well, anyway, you know, I know how to kill a man 45 different ways unarmed. Just so you know. <laughs> Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. And I waved again. God, stop that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>